It's Monday the 11th of January. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane Lee's been doing some boating. He's been doing a little bit of SS Minnow, Skipper, <laughs> Gilligan, Ginger, Marianne. Who are you? I love it, mate. I was out in the weekend. What beautiful weather. It's good to see some sunshine here in Sydney and um, it's good to see some cricket too, mate. So lots to talk about today. Absolutely. We're going to have Jeff Lawson on the show, of course, former Australian fast bowler, the owner of the Sydney Kings, the NBL. Goodness gracious me, they're struggling to get their season up and going. Paul Smith. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, Shane, look, uh, bright sunshine today and you would expect Australia will win this test match. But one thing we've got to remember is that they've got to win this one. Then they've got to at least draw in Brisbane. Otherwise, the trophy stays in India. Still a lot of cricket to go, Timmy. And um, But Australia, look, in a really, really good position. Um, I thought they batted exceptionally well yesterday. There's a bit of pressure going around, particularly with Ashwan bowling, the way he was bowling earlier in the day. But, um, you know, Smith and Lavashane, once again, very, very solid at the top of the order. And it's really good to see um, young Green come in and, and score 83. Look, I thought um, it might have got a little bit too exciting. I already threw away 100 there. But, um, yeah, Australia declaring, giving him 400 to chase. And yeah, India now two for 98. So the ball's starting to reverse swing a little bit. And for those that don't know what that is, it means the ball's going the opposite direction to traditional swing. Um, that's when the ball scuffs up. So... Yeah, it's um, it's going to be really, really hard, particularly for new batsmen coming to the crease um, today. Yeah, Pajara and Rahane there at the moment. They're the two, aren't they? They've got to, if they if they can put up some semblance of fight, they'd almost need to last two and a bit sessions. Those two. Yeah, but the problem is when you're chasing big, big totals and still needing three hundred and one day here, um, Pajara doesn't score at a really fast rate, and Cummins has bowled to him something like one hundred and nineteen balls um, this series, and he's and he's he's scored. Very, very few runs from that. So um, he's going to really put the pressure on the other guys. Rahane is not a real traditional stroke maker. Um, if they had guys like Gill there and um, at the start, um, but he's out now. So, yep, um, it's going to be really, really tough for India. Pant will obviously, when he gets a bat, will uh, try and increase the scoring rate. But, yeah, I think it's, it's a long way back for India. A few early wickets from Australia and um, we really opened up the Indian batting order. Yeah, and they're... Busted and bruised, aren't they? Panned on the arm and Jardasia with the thumb. Anyway, well, that that that's the cricket action. It was quite controversial yesterday. Six players or six members of the uh, the crowd were ejected uh, after some speculation of abuse um, hurled at uh, Siraj. Yep, and I'm, I'm not sure what was said. Um, it's a little bit unclear at the moment. But uh, look, there, there's no um, there's there's no room um, in sport for that. Uh, I, I always used to say it was like. Uh, Particularly when you when you played in England, you would cop it on on the field, mate. Um, particularly fairly down the fence. And I always said that if you if you work for someone like a KPMG, um, no one can just walk into your office at KPMG and start hurling abuse at you <laughs> just because you get paid well. Um, but somehow you, you're allowed to do it in, in sport or in, in cricket. But um, yeah, no room for that. And uh, if things were said that from any racial perspective, yep, get them out of the ground. Yeah, they need to work that out though. They need to qualify exactly what was said because you know you, you you've got to give people the presumption of innocence. And I completely understand the emotional state that the young cricketer is in. He lost 
lost his father while he was out. He didn't get the chance to go back. So, look, uh, it is a it's a powder keg of emotions. The whole test series is under the cover of COVID nineteen. So, wrap all that up together. I'm sure we'll hear more about it throughout the course of the next few days. Now, uh, the big bash, Dan Christian, isn't he a freak? He's a freak, mate. And look, I've um, one of my good mates is really good mates with him, and apparently he he's flown a new girlfriend into the bubble, <laughs> and um. Goodness. So that could be working for him, mate. That's 61 runs off, I think it was 35 balls. Um, hitting the winning runs off the last ball, he's played really well. So she might be around for a while. Yes, they will be around for a while. <laughs> Sounds like a keeper to me. What about Tom Brady talking about a keeper? Like 43 years of age, you get this young guy almost like almost uh, stole the show against him yesterday when Alex Smith was out. But uh, the Buccaneers through to the playoffs first time in since 2002. Yeah, Tom Brady. Look, um, yep, almost upstage, but he's still through to the finals. And, and what a genius of a, of a player. It's funny in the NFL when if things don't go well for a team, it all sits firmly on the shoulders of a quarterback. And, uh, yeah, but I'm sure that young Heinrich, the guy that almost upstaged him, will um, probably be getting paid a lot more next year for having a big game against Tom Brady. Yeah, just a, just a kid uh, that was playing behind Brady at the Patriots. But, uh, mm. yeah, at 43 years of age, he's uh, he's led Tampa Bay to the first playoff win since 2002. So well done to Tom Brady. And is there anything quite like a fairy tale? anything quite like a David and Goliath story? The FA Cup has thrown up a few over the past few days, including uh, Chorley FC. Mate, big time. And uh, I was lucky enough to experience this with New South Wales in 93-94 when – we went to Perth earlier in the season and got bowled out for something like 70. Um, we came back and our heads were on tombstones and <laughs> in the Australian newspaper and they said the Baby Blues have pretty much had a death in <laughs> in Perth um, and we came back and we won it without all our test players. So from an underdog's perspective, there's nothing sweeter than a victory like that. Yeah, there's been a few uh, Crawley Town this morning, but Chorley FC, this story they've beaten Derby County, uh, admittedly Derby County affected by COVID-19, but a huge win. They haven't got through to the fourth round in their 138-year history. They're run by a school teacher and they've won the game 2-0 and the hundreds of thousands of dollars that they've got, or pounds rather, will save their club. And in the dressing room, they broke into a little bit of a deal. Former fast bowler, everyone knows who this guy is, Jeff Henry Lawson. Well, it's going to be a very interesting final day of the third test match at the Sydney Cricket Ground. A man that has played there many times, coached there many times, commentated many times. It's almost like a second home. Australian fast bowler and a very good one at that. Jeff Lawson, how are you? I'm all very good. Thank you, Timothy. Yeah, looking forward to uh, what could be a very interesting day. Henry, earlier we get to the key here. The ball looks like it's starting to reverse swing just a little bit. Just a bit, yeah. We, we often expect that the SCG, this this, this pitch has been uh, one covered in uh, a nice coating of grass, so a little bit less reverse than usual, but uh, the Aussies are pretty good at getting it done. And I thought India had, had a bit of reverse swing going uh, late in the Aussie innings too. So th- that's going to be pretty promising for 
Cummins, Stark and Hazelwood. Let's look back at what we've seen so far in this test match and, and we will mention some of the crowd behaviour because like, we still need to give people a presumption of innocence before we find exactly what went down. But uh, Matthew Wade, do you drop him or do you keep him? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because here he is, he's failed a couple of times, but you'd be upsetting the whole apple cart unless you went Harris and then Pukowski down the order. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I mean Wade's been the the man for all seasons for Australia, trying to fill in spots and plug a plug up gaps. Uh, and, you know, he's a tough cricketer. Uh, he adapts pretty well to what he's got to do. He's opening white ball cricket. That's why they stuck him up the top in the first couple of Test matches uh, with Pekoski back in. Uh, that that changed all that. Of course, Pekoski was a middle order player up mm. until this season, virtually. Um, so yeah, do you you? Uh, Bring Harris into open as a specialist, who I thought should have probably played the first couple of test matches, and, and then you'd have to stick Pukowski down the order, which is, uh, I, I think that's going against Australia's grand plan. They want Will Pukowski to be the next long-term opener, and after one test match, maybe moving him down to five and removing Way to be, uh, I think that's a bridge too far for them at the moment. So, I, look, I think, uh, given Australia are, are probably going to win, um, they might just hang on to that winning side, so Matthew Wade will, will survive, I think. But it, certainly in the medium to long term, it, it's a question that has to be answered. Yeah, I think you're right there, Henry. I think they won't, they won't move Bukowski. I think he looked good at the top of the order. I tell you one guy that did look good, and I'm going to make an early call here today, but I think I think Green will get not only his first test wicket, but he'll get a few. Um, but gee, he batted well, Henry, didn't he? Oh, look, look, I think the expectations on, on Green have been high as well. Mm. Uh, Obviously, a lot of the talk was about what Pekosi is going to do, but Green's a Green's a, a very good player who will get better. I think he's got some some obvious weaknesses, and we've seen him get LBW a couple of times now. The ball moving in, mm. and and also the short ball is not quite on top of it when he when he's playing the big shots. But yesterday afternoon, he he, he went hard, and uh, you know he plays some good pull shots rather than hook shots, and hit the ball down the ground. And it, it's great to see a, a guy in his third Test match. Just, just taking on the opposition. I mean, yeah. Australia needed to score quick runs to get into a good position to declare, and and uh, Green played a real team innings, and he, you know, he belted them them beautifully. But he's a much better player down the ground than he is square of the wicket. But I reckon they'll get get better. Yeah, look, it's fantastic that we've had a Sydney Test match at my favourite place, and I know you guys, you played there, so you how much you love it. But look, it has been a powder keg of emotion, coupled with the fact that it's under COVID, everyone's got face masks on, and put this back on, and do this and do that. Now that that is that is the background or the backdrop to a few events, unsavoury events. At the, uh, looking at them, Henry, where crowd. A few were ejected yesterday, uh, speculation of abuse to players. What do you make of it all? Well, when large crowds gather at Australian sporting events, they, they often find uh, cause to abuse the opposition. It's, it's nothing new. Um, what type of abuse it is is very important. I mean, you know, if you won't go to a football game, uh, you know, or you've gone to some cricket games where there's, there's been big crowds, and there's, there's always a section of the, the crowd who feel that they, their contribution to the day is abusing the players. Now, you know whether that's about their height, their weight, their performance, you know, the colour of their socks or whatever. Um, yeah, you know, some people feel they've got to do that. Uh, you know, I think importantly on this occasion that uh, I know the police are investigating. The early news this morning was that they hadn't found evidence of racial abuse, and, and that's a good thing. But, you know, I've also read some comments of the, the players and 
just the fact that you get abused, and Ravi Ash, Ashwin saying he's been abused there for 10 years, well, he's in a long queue. And, you know, when you go to, uh, when you go to England, you know, the, the crowd behaviour is totally appalling, but the Australian players tend to get on with it. Uh, when England come here to play, they, they cop the same sort of stuff. Now, whether that's acceptable, I don't think it is. I mean, as a, a guy who stood on the other side of the fence, I've... You know, you, you learn to ignore the, the rubbish that comes over the fence. And I'm talking even from the against the home players some, sometime, but around the world, it's not very much different. Um, but we'd all like it to be, you know, all done in good spirit and, and you know, all good, clean fun at the cricket. But, yeah, the reality is it's not because large crowds get together and, and particularly in our country where they have a few drinks, their inhibitions go and... Uh, they say things that they shouldn't say because they're with a, particularly if they're with a group, you hardly find it from an individual, but there'll be a group, particularly of young men who get together and they think it's fine to, to abuse the people who are out there putting on the show. And, and that certainly is not acceptable. It'd be lovely if we could change that behaviour, but I think it's going to be a, be a long road to hoe in Australia. And I said the same thing uh, to Timmy in the lead up to saying that when you play in England, you do cop it and, and wearing tight yellow pants in a one day exposes all your weaknesses. So yeah, it's, it's harsh out there, mate. Was that in your slim days, those tight yellow pants? <laughs> it was, mate. Don't worry, every pair of pants I wear are tight, don't you worry. I, 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 we're in the same. But the, the thing is, look, the, the, I think the salient point that you make there is, yeah, the colour of the socks. But it becomes a completely different story when it's colour of the skin. And that's something that needs to be verified and qualified. Um, but you can't go and send someone um, down the chamber if they haven't said something that's breaking the law, basically, Henry. Oh, no, and I think that's that's important that the investigations were done. I mean, the police, I think I think we, we saw it on TV yesterday, the, you know, the police asked these guys to, to leave. They did so quietly and then the, the police investigated. They certainly questioned those people and, and the word was from the crowd around them that they hadn't been racially abusing uh, the Indian players, which, which is sort of good to know. But, yeah, I mean, you've, you're innocent and, until proven guilty. But, unfortunately, when you, once, once the opposition uh, make a complaint, it becomes big news. And, and trust me, this will be big news in India. You know, there'll be oh, yeah. you know, several hundred million yeah. people sort of looking on the people of Sydney and uh, the crowds of the SCG as, as, as being horrible people. We know that's not true. Uh, but but unfortunately, that's what what ac- accusations will do at the moment. Um, and uh, you know, I think we'll, we're going to hear some more on this. But uh, hopefully, it'll be in a, in a good light, not a bad light. Yeah, a few people asked me questions yesterday, and, and and there is a bit of that, isn't there? Like when something comes, mud just sticks. All three of us, are, people know who we are. We've had stuff made up about us. You 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 just roll with it, don't you? Sometimes. So that's just the nature of publicity and and profile. Just wanted to ask you a question about Ian Chappell because uh, Chappelle is always on the front foot. Uh, look, a contemporary of yours, you played against him, obviously. Um, he's come out and said, get rid of the DRS. It's it's broken. Well, first of all, Tim, now I, I didn't play against him because he's a bit older than me, but anyway. <laughs> well, we're trying to work that out. You never, ever played one game against him. Not even, I, to- not I even. told you that, Timmy. I know, but you know, you said he did play against him, but not with him. I know he did. Yeah, well, well, to be fair, yeah, we, I think we might have crossed paths in one game. Yeah, well, what's that? That's you played against each other. <laughs> I have to check the records. Of uh, oh, I will check them anyway. He's he's quite a bit older than me, but there you of go. Of course, um, he is. All right, we digress. But, uh, yes, he's a, he's a man of forceful and loud opinion. Um, is the DRS broken? Well, I tell you what, it's not perfect. We all 
admit to that, but it's a hell of a lot better than what we used to have with mm. you know, mm-hmm. decisions being made that were obviously and palpably incorrect. Um, I tell you what, I would have loved to play with DRS. I reckon I might have a few more in the wickets column. That's that's for sure. Um, there's a lot of spinners running around who uh, are happy to play with DRS because no one ever used to be given LBW on the front foot to a spinner ever. Never. Never. Uh, yeah, they just are oh, too far forward. You know, well, what's yep. that got to do with it? And DRS has proven that you know a lot of these are out, and, and so it certainly changed the game for the better. Yep, not perfect, absolutely. Um, but uh, it gets it right pretty much all the time. And, and I don't know if Ian's comments are in respect to it. You know how Tim Payne thought he got sawn off in Melbourne and, and there was no consistency in Sydney. And he might have a point. I don't think he should have made it like he did, but he, he probably has got a point. But it's not perfect because it's technology. You know, it's, it's cricket balls whizzing past bats and bodies and pads and, you know, at 140k an hour or spinning. You know, it, it's. None of it's perfect, but it is so much better than what we used to have. I'll tell you the reason it won't go is because it stops the match fixing as well. It stops umpires being paid off and giving out decisions or, or giving someone out early for nothing because um, it has to be reviewed. So I think it's here to stay. Yeah, I, I think there's a few people playing the BBL and like it bought in there. <laughs> yeah, sure. BBL. Yeah, I, I might have got out a few more times rather than got wickets, I think, if, if it was ever brought into juniors. Jeff Lawson, always good to chat. Thanks for coming on. Absolute pleasure, gentlemen. Thanks, Henry. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, it's the boss of the Sydney Kings. What is happening with the NBL? Paul Smith will be with us in just a tick. Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players and clubs to share stories, match results, memories and experiences. Stumptostump.com Afternoon Sport, great to have your company. Well, COVID-19, obviously there's uh, been some breakouts here, there and everywhere in Australia, but really when you come to think of it and you compare us to the rest of the world, there's not a lot of it about, is there, Shane, really? And and where where a lot of these sports and teams are being destroyed by it, um, we're getting through unscathed. We are, uh, as you said, compared to the rest of the world, but uh, it's still having a knock-on effect here, mate, to, to some other sports, and the sport in particular we're going to talk about now with Paul Smith is, is basketball in the NBL. How are you, Paul? Hey, I'm good, Shane. Good afternoon. Hey, Tim, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, buddy. And, and that's, that's the point I'm making, is that here we have a disease, a pandemic, and we know we're in the middle of it, and it's and thankfully at the moment, and please God, we will just continue to go in the right direction, it's not killing people, but it's really killing the edges of a lot of sports which probably aren't on Broadway and don't have the money to go into bubbles all over the place. Um, and it's got even more difficult for you guys. Yeah, you know, it's pretty tough. Um, you know, it's uh, – look, at, and, and frankly, uh, I, part of my frustration, which we've, I think we've discussed previously, is that, you know, we're being impacted, I think, by political issues, not, not health issues. Um, I'm all for community safety, player safety, staff safety, you know, responsible actions, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, when we're dealing in, you know, re- relatively minuscule um, – uh, outbreaks, if you want to call them that, or uh, the, the, where this disease is popping up here and there. And it's going to pop up here and there. It's going to be an ongoing uh, part of our lives, I think. And, uh, you know, I think it's a bit frustrating that that the, uh, the the state border closures are the things that are impacting this. You know, we're still able to play in front of people. Um, it's not like we're 
we're at those, the point where they are overseas, where there are virtually no fans in the building. Um, you know, the NBA players are coming down with COVID. Teams are being set aside and uh, contract tracing is taking place. It's all over the shop and, you know, we're in a relatively clear position, but, you know, we're being impacted and that's the reality of it. And the, the, the knock-on effect on on the NBL as a, as a league is pretty significant as we try to sort of navigate through it and there's, you never know what's coming around the corner. And, um, you know, it, uh, it's put us in a situation where we're starting our season in Cairns. We're going to spend three weeks, I think, in Queensland playing a, a series of games up there and then... Then, um, you know, from there, the league will just announce a rolling schedule of, of games from there. And hopefully, hopefully, and, you know, hope's not a strategy, but, you know, hopefully mm. we can find ourselves back home in Sydney playing uh, our, our, um, our home games here as well. So that's, that's the thinking. But I don't know, I don't know where it's going to begin. I don't know where it's going to end. I really don't across the board. It's, um, you know, I hope that there's some rational views brought to the table by, the authorities to bring some standards in. We need we need national standards on these issues, and you know, and, and go from there. But uh, it's uh, someone said to me the other day, this has become uh, the uh, COVID's become the state of state of origin, the new state of origin. Everyone wants mm. to point score on it on a state by state mm. basis, and it's not good. Mm. It doesn't show a lot yeah, of leadership. In right. my well, one thing I think is I'd like to see basketball treated like the other main sports, and um, and I had no idea how big basketball was in this country until I got involved with Spartan. Spartan sell more basketballs than any other any other sporting equipment throughout throughout Australia. Um, it is in our schools. Every kid plays it. Every kid loves it. It's so enjoyable. Um, and you have the NBL there as our sort of flagship. It's very, very important. Yeah, it is. And, and look, you know, and these are the basketball fine as, as a sport. Look, we, we don't, at the Sydney Kings, we don't deal in the grassroots of sports, so to speak. Mm. That's the responsibility of basketball New South Wales and basketball Australia. And, you know, look, at the end of the day, what we – my view is that our responsibility as a as a member of the basketball community is to put the sort of the, the be at the tip of the spear, so to speak, and put together a team that be, becomes a, a, a focal point for the community of New South Wales and for Sydney, and that it becomes an inspiration for kids to say, "Hey, I want to go down that path. They want to play the game," um, because every sport prospers when they have heroes. Um, and you know that's 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 a truism, and you know when. So without interrupting, Paul, the, the the point you make there is outstanding, and the, and the heroes. Look, we've got an Australian team. If this Olympic Games goes ahead, that could win the gold medal. That's right, exactly. And if we don't have a platform for those heroes to do their thing, then they become they we lose that relevance. And and as a, this is there's a massive social impact when sport is affected in the way it is. And it's, mm. it's easy for me to sit here and cry about the Sydney Kings and the NBL, but grassroots sports being impacted, you know? Um in the United Kingdom right now, all amateur sport is cancelled. All amateur sport. You know, um the the social and political impact of these things is so significant. I, I think some of our politicians don't realise what they're the the game the games they're playing right now and they are games frankly and I think that they're 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 dealing in things that and they're impacting people that are that 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 aren't that that they are collateral damage in what what is a, a, an unrelated issue um, so being treated fairly is one thing and look at the end of the day we've covered it previously but cricket Australia and the you know Brisbane is becoming a problem I don't know where that stands right now whether the test is going to go ahead in Brisbane mm. if the if the Indians are going to get a dispensation I'm not sure but if they get a dispensation 
why can't other sports get a dispensation? It's very true. I'm just listening to your tone, Paul. You sound um, you sound pretty flat because, um, to use a basketball term, it's, it sort of feels like you're in a bit of a zone defence here at the moment, particularly with the political side of things. I do. Yeah, I am probably coming off a bit negative, and I don't mean to be, but no. you know, I don't also don't want to be one of these happy clappers who you know says, "Oh, everything's great," etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, when it's not great, you'll yeah. only get the, you'll only get the truth from me. And we're in a real challenge right now. And I think there's there's a lot of people just aren't voicing uh, a point of view that that starts to speak to the reality that you know that that please you know look after our community, but don't don't overplay the situation. You know, um, give us the op- give everyone the opportunity to get about our business. And you know, and I'm, I'm it's easy for me sitting here as a New South Wales person and you know saying how great it is. And I'm not here. To, I'm not here to knock anyone. I'm not. I and the uh, earlier in the year it was all about we're all in this together. Doesn't sound like we're all in this together right now. I think it's every every state for itself, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of ch- lot of chess beating going on, a lot of uh, parochialism, and 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 even to having in an, in another life that I lived through through the Sky News broadcast and spoken to epidemiologists who say the border closures aren't aren't as effective as a lot of the other stuff that they can do. So look, without getting political, uh, we're we're with you on this one. And if you don't speak out, if you're not the squeaky uh, wheel, uh, you don't get the oil, and you you've got to do it. If someone says something that's wrong to you as an individual, you've got to pull them up on it if something's going wrong you've got to get up and say something yeah I, look, and, and sport's not great at being an activist activism you know it's it's, it's generally it's not you know, we sort of tend to tuck in and you know sport in australia is uh is, is is generally you know funded by government so you know it's uh, there's a lot of government support <clears throat> involved in sport in australia and, and and we're all very grateful for that uh, at, at the amateur level, the Olympic level, et cetera, et cetera. And money, a lot of government money goes into support professional sports, rugby league. In Sydney, every other club, every club's got a centre of excellence worth 20 or $30 million, all funded by government. It's, you know, it's all very admirable things. Um, but, you know, you don't want to, sports tend not to want to bite the hand that feeds them. But for, for gosh sake, you know, let's, it's, not, it's not governments, it's dealing in politics. Mm-hmm. They're separate issues. The administration of our country is one thing, but how things that how how everyone becomes a pawn in some political game is very very negative in my view, and you know and it's um, you know you pull a lever and thousands of people are affected in ways you never ever imagine, and um, it's it's very challenging. But you know, look, it's we've got to stay positive, and the good news in all of it is that you know to your own point, Tim, is that the the incidence rates of the of the pandemic are very low. And so we're very, very lucky. So we, we, again, we come off a bit sort of, you know, hollow and sort of complaining about a situation, but it could be a far, far worse, but it isn't, isn't as bad as we all would hope, would, would, would could have imagined it could have been. And so, you know, we should take advantage of that and we got to get about our lives. You know, we, we, you know, we focus in with the Kings. We talk about, we, we really focus on dealing in the unpredictable, you know, trying to kind of, trying to disrupt our normal schedules, knowing that things will pop around. That's what's going to happen in the next 12 months, 18 months, two years in our daily lives. Things are going to be remain unpredictable. So if we're going to bring down these, bring down the hammer on everything and, and shut things down and all this sort of stuff, then I don't think that that's necessarily a positive way to go. But, you know, I'm, I'm only a battler here sitting down in Wollongong somewhere hiding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a good fellow, mate. Hey, in perfect world, um, when do you think a start date could be? Well, I think the I look. We will. 
I think look, this is the, the start dates are locked. We're, we're playing Cairns on the 16th of January okay, uh, cool. in Cairns. So yep. that's locked and loaded. And then, then it'll start to sort of roll from there. I think ideally we will be back in Sydney uh, in April. Early April we'll be back in Sydney and we'll, we'll run through our 14 games there. So we'll, so we'll bank in a, a raft of away games and then we'll have a sort of, con, a, a sort of a concentrated schedule of home games for about two or three months coming back okay. into the season. So, look, at the end of the day, that, that's positive for us. You know, mm-hmm. It's always nice to, to have the back half of your season with a, with a heavier schedule at home. Gives you a chance to sort of get your routine and get things right, and and again, that's notwithstanding all the other things that impact our lives. But um, yep, anyway, yep. we're all good, we're all breathing, we're all upright, and that's get it, on mate. with it. That's what yeah, we're going to yeah. do. Every day above ground, every day above ground's a good one. Now we might wait until the Sydney games come around because the the ticket prices you quoted me for courtside would be prohibitive if I tried to start to get to Anastasia Palaszczuk's Queensland and get to Cairns. The pricing policy now is uh, relevant to your income, Tim, so that's why your prices are what they are. <laughs> you should see what my wife spends. Good to see you, Paul. Good to talk. See you, yeah, mate. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today goes to Jeff Lawson and to Paul Smith. And, of course, our great sponsor, Spartan Sports, Shane. www.spartansportshq.com. Absolutely. Now, he is what chicken schnitzel is to a nice, hot English mustard when it comes to podcasts. His name's Dan McHugh. He is our producer. So thank you, Dan. We'll see you tomorrow, Shane. We'll see you then, guys.